Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to an episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host, Greg. You're listening to episode 189. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler, but we do have a special guest tonight. We have Easy from Woodward Sports. How are you doing tonight? What up, man? Hey, thank you for having me, guys. You no, guys thank like, you uh, for coming on. Dude, no, you guys, you guys a Grindline Podcast. You guys, <laughs> you guys are legit. No, you got the Woodward heavyweights, man. You got your own podcast. Yeah, but yours is like been kicking ass. Like mine's like fairly new. We try a little bit. I mean, we're for five years running now, guys. You know, we talk about this, I think, every year, and we have to go back to when we first posted. I think it's around there, because I've been on for, what, three, gone on four now? Yeah. And we've hit some. And I go back four years after, before that. So yeah, you're the grizzled vet of the yeah. grind. Yeah. See, I, I hope our significant others are listening. So, like, when they, like, hear us forget our anniversaries, they know it's, like, everything, you know? It's, yeah, it's not just the anniversary. It's just forget everything. It yeah, there's too like, much yeah, going yeah. on in here. That's We're just living life, dude. <laughs> or not enough. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have Easy on tonight. So, what I wanted to do tonight is kind of, we're going to do a round Detroit sports. A uh, little bit on the Lions, a little bit on the Pistons. I uh, really don't want to talk about the Tigers, but we're going to talk a little bit about the Tigers. And then I kind of want to get an outside perspective on Detroit hockey and how people who maybe don't closely follow the sport view what's happening now and maybe if they're starting to pay a little bit more attention. Um, but tonight, I think what people are most excited about, Hard Knocks came out. Uh, every episode has been awesome. And I don't follow football super religiously. I started a few years ago following it a little bit more. I've played in fantasy, but Hard Knocks has me pumped, man. Like I am pumped up. Dan Campbell is a guy that I think any player should run through a brick wall for. <laughs> and everyone gets real hopeful. But I went on to NFL.com's power rankings and the Lions right now are ranked 25. Granted, they're up two spots, but they're ranked 25. So how are we feeling about the moves the Lions made in the offseason? I educate me because I, I will say I am dumb in the field. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. It's tough to get a, I, as a Detroit Lions fan, I have PTSD, man. Like it's, it's no <laughs> doubt about it, man. That every uh, time like you thought they were good, they just weren't. And like, you just sold the bill of Kool-Aid every single year. But I would say the additions this year uh, would be like Jared Goff actually has someone to throw to a couple guys to throw to. And that's, I mean, both, you know, TJ Hawkins finally healthy again. Uh, they brought in Josh Reynolds back. I'm Ross St. Brown emerged last year. Plus DJ Chark, they brought in as a free agent. And then, 
Jamison Williams was our first round pick, our second first round pick. They traded up to grab him, but he's not going to play until after week four because he, he was drafted after an ACL injury. But in the NFL, as of late, ACL injuries aren't like the end of your career. Like we've seen Adrian Peterson bounce back and win an MVP afterwards. So like uh, Odell Beckham actually tore his ACL, won the Super Bowl, got hurt, and tore his other ACL in the Super Bowl actually. But, <laughs> Medicine's uh, gotten better. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> as much as Jared Goff like isn't the sexiest to watch play football, he has been to the Super Bowl. He has been a part of winning teams. So like there's hope that he can restore that because we finally gave him some guys to throw to. And we have a pretty good offensive line too. Which I already saw a kind of dink in the armor, though. Was it Vitae went down? He's, not, he's out for the, at least the first four weeks already. Yeah, big V's on IR. Something to do with his back. But, like, last year, the Detroit Lions had injuries in the offensive line from Frank Ragnow and to uh, our left tackle, Taylor Decker. But we still ranked yeah. 13th overall as an offensive line unit. And that's with two backups in. So I think we'll survive with just, you know, one guy banged up for now. I, I have faith. It's got, got to speak. I mean, you look at the Red Wings and the new coaching staff. You think that just a lot of that comes down to coaching? Because, I mean, you look at what they've got for those that have watched Hard Knocks. I mean, almost every guy in their coaching staff, I'm talking off the top of my head, is has some sort of NFL experience. Yeah. And they have – what was it? They had one of the most collective experiences in the NFL the for their coaching years. staff. Yeah. Between the, their experience. primary coaches. is insane. Yeah. But you think that just truly speaks to what they've got going right there for that? Yeah, I think it speaks to like, I guess I, I, you could trust in the culture. But yeah. at the end of the day, Brad Holmes actually just said this is the general manager. He's like, ultimately, it comes down to winning losses. Like, we could feel as good as we want, but like, it has to translate the wins, which, which I still think we're like in the process of. Because if you watch Hard Knocks, I think it was like episode two or three, um, when we we're doing the joint practice with the Colts. Yep. Dan Campbell thanked Frank Wright, which is the Colts head coach. He's like, we really need this. I appreciate you like doing this for us. And I hope we can give you the same, which it, it sounded like, hey, like we know we're kind of like still in the devel developmental yeah. stage, you know? So I'm not expecting big, big things, but definitely better than last year. And definitely like I'm looking to see us, I guess, on the right foot going forward, you know? Doesn't a lot of it have to do too with like the division kind of in, not in shambles, but you look at the Vikings and they're kind of on – uh, on the downside, the Packers, you know, losing Devontae yeah. Adams. And then, you know, the Bears can't ever figure it out. So, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, no, you're 100% right. Like uh, the Vikings just had turnover at the head coaching position, which I'm kind of high on their new head coach, but I mean, they still have to prove it, right? But the Bears, they stink right now. Aaron Rodgers, he's getting older. He's still, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I don't like the Packers, but let's not lie. Aaron Rodgers is the freaking man. So, like, yeah. I don't want to discount him, but. Yeah, he's lost Devontae Adams, and he's like a has a plethora of rookies as his wide receivers head into this year. So like, there's that, and we have the the fifth easiest schedule. We know how that goes, but you have to actually see how it goes. But yeah, the fifth easiest predicted schedule out of like all the teams in the NFL. So that's like, there's definitely some reasons to like think they're gonna win some games. But I'm not, I'm not gonna jump over and say like playoffs or anything like that because again, I got that PTSD. <laughs> it's kicking my ass. So I think they could be in the mix. Yeah, uh... I think. I think they'll, they'll threaten. They'll, they'll, you'll see them. Same thing with the Red Wings last year. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll make the, the graphic card like in the hunt. You know, but <laughs> yeah, and then all-star break happens. Yeah, and, then and then you, you fall off a cliff. You're like, oh, where yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like, to me, just being – because when you're on sports Twitter, you, you get around all the bases, and I feel like that the Lions are now where maybe the beginning of Steve Eiserman was. You come in, there's a bunch of – 
for lack of a better term, stuff that needs to die off. And yes. you get rid of it and you're remolding the team and you bring Upheaval, in your you new will. coach. Yeah. So maybe the past few years were the end of the Ken Holland era. And it's we're trying to retool. We're trying to push what we have forward. We think we've got a really good team. We're just adding small pieces. When in reality, what had to happen was you needed to sell stuff off. You needed to get really young. You needed to get high draft picks and then start doing what you need to do. And yes. From listening to just around the around the sports sphere, it sounds like that is now what the Lions are doing because they have a competent general manager because we feel now they have a good coach. And I mean, how do you feel Sheila has been? I mean, I know a lot of people are not happy about the Fords, but it seems like Sheila is different than what her predecessors have been. She's so much like people. And it's and I'm being I'm like, I am a fan. As well as like, a, I'm not even consider myself an analyst. I just talk sports and make dick jokes. But like Sheila truly is different though. Like you look, like she literally changed her name. Like it used to be like Sheila Ford Hamp. She she dropped the Ford. You say I think That's what you got uh, last do. year she got booed <laughs> yep. during a halftime alongside Calvin Johnson when he yep. got his Hall of Fame coat and ring. And I think it was like an eye opener for her. And she's also like a former athlete too. Uh, she used to play tennis, so I got she has like a natural competitive side to her. And like let's be real about it too, like. Women in all sports, they're kind of like they're, they're, they have to prove themselves more than a man would. Even though they um, shouldn't have to, they have to. Exactly. Yeah. And she's, she's got that, too, because before she even, I mean, she, her family's rich as shit. So I, I don't know what she was doing before, but I know she applied <laughs> to work for the NFL and she didn't like end up getting hired. So like, I think she truly has some like, you know, a, a chip on her shoulder, something yeah. proven. The fact she took the Ford out of her last name. Um, she put her office in between both Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Like she's a lot more hands-on uh, than the, the past like owners were. And to be honest too, like the Lions actually saw a, a decrease in uh, attendance last year. And like, you all know money runs everything. So yep. once you hit the pockets, you know, it's time to make a change. And again, I think she has something to prove. Like I spoke with Darius Slay when he went to the Eagles and I was like, what's the difference over there compared to here? Cause everyone says like, you know, we need a new ownership, new ownership. And he's like, well, you know, the Eagles owner, he could he can tell you what position uh, this guy is and what that guy should be doing. Where like at the time, Martha Ford couldn't. She was yeah. I don't want to sound disrespectful, but she, you know, she's up there in age. Why weren't I? But like, you know, we have that now though. She was like active and trying to learn that stuff. I mean, like I said, she put her office built an office in between both Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. She's always up to speed and hands on with almost everything. I think it's a lot of having to give trust to who you hire. You hire the people to do a job. So like Chris Illich hired uh, Steve Eiserman and said, Steve, build this team. Chris Illich failed to fire Al Avila until recently and for better or worse said, do what you will to this team. And then he just did nothing. And um, it was I think that's the thing, though, is as an owner, I think you need to have knowledge, deep knowledge of your team and what's going on. Mm. But you also have to have the ability to sit back and let the people you hire to do a job do their job. Yes. I think that's the double edged sword with Illich right now, too, because, I mean, you mentioned Martha, how she was up there in age. I mean, that's that's you kind of think about what Mike Illich was at, even up until before he passed. He was still very engaged. You'd see him often at, still on the Jumbotron or at the game watching what's going on. Yeah. I know, granted, yes, he was older. Chris was probably really taking the reins as he was getting toward the end there. 
but he was still active, very much involved as to what was going on. I, I, I can't assume or know, say that I know what Martha was like, but it's, it kind of seemed like the, the opposite sometimes, even though you saw Martha on the sideline, like how much did she, was she engaged directly? Like what you mentioned with Sheila is that, yeah. was it the same? I mean, I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and say, I know one way or the other, cause I don't, but it seemed like she was just there to make the presence rather than she was always wearing them sunglasses, Ryan. She could have been asleep half the time. <laughs> That's also true. Those are some badass. I, I, I want to know what those sunglasses were, how much those things probably cost. You know, you don't want to know. I think they're prescription. <laughs> but but it's it's just it's interesting because that you see the passing of the torch to the younger generation of of ownership. Granted, it, it stayed within the family for both the wings, yeah. tigers, and lions, but like you mentioned, that's, that's where the, the different dynamic seems to be hitting home with, with the lions. And I, and I mentioned before we got on, like, it's, I'm on the border of excitement and trying not to get like my hopes up because it seems yeah. to happen most years. And this hard knocks has kind of added to that level of, Oh shit, oh maybe God, they've got something going on. Bro. Yeah. It's it makes you want to jump in the pool full of Kool-Aid is what yeah. hard knocks has done. So it's, it's, that it's movie, Big Fat Liar. Yeah. Yeah, his whole body is like glue. Yeah, like, <laughs> so his jump in the pool, Kool Aid. I want to say this too about Mister I. Like, I think the reason why he was so great and they, they were able to pass on like what they did, he actually purchased his team, so he had pride in like building yep. that. Where yep, like there. the Ford family, it's kind of been passed on, passed yeah. on. Him saying like, kind of like, and I'm not trying to like take a shot at Chris Illich, but like, you know, he inherited the team, and when he inherited it, it was like, uh, the, it seems like he cares more about money. Where Mister Illich had pride in that. Where Sheila, I know she inherited it, but like as a female owner, I think she has some some pride, something to prove to. Well, I think Chris has a little bit more connection to the wings. Uh, everyone has always said that Chris loved hockey. He's he grew up around the team. He hockey grew up, he was there for the the Stanley Cups, and he got to see like Hall of Fame level teams, like ten Hall of Famers on a team, just go out there every night and play. And what the what that was able to do to the city, and. Chris, I don't think was as involved in the the tie. I mean, from recent yeah. interviews that he's like done, it, yeah. you can tell that yeah. the, f- the finger is not on the pulse of the Tigers for Chris 100%. Illich. So I I think he really really cares about the Red Wings. Um, so much so as he went and got Steve Eiserman to run the team. So it, you mentioned a good one there. So like how excited the city gets around the Red Wings. Just think if the Lions finally puts just win the division once. You want Detroit to be more on fire? Yeah. Just think of how crazy this city will be because Michigan, as much as they're a hockey state, it's a football state, man. And especially the Metro Detroit area. Like this weekend, all you saw were football jerseys because it was the start of the season. People were freaking nuts and excited. The big house is packed. Oh, yeah. East Lansing was packed. Neighbor's house was packed because we were all watching football. It If the Lions finally get out of the bottom of the barrel. It's going to drive Detroit insane because it's going to likely coincide with the Pistons and the Red Wings and to be determined on the Tigers. Yeah. I'll just say one thing too. Like it just feels like, like me, obviously my second, my second favorite team is the Lions. I'm more of a Patriots fan just because I live where I live, but like, it feels like the, the, like the perspective of the Lions across the NFL and not just like the fan bases, but like just across the NFL, like circles and stuff is that they're not going to be a laughing stock as they've been over the last, you know, several years. Yes. Yes. I agree. Like I said, the evolution, like we're, we're turning the page to at least 
semi-respectable, hopefully. Kind of like the Wings <laughs> when, when Eisman finally took over. Yep. Yes, yeah. Because, like, people knew it was going to take some time, but, like, oh, shit, they got... Now they're coming. Over there now. Watch out. Yeah. Uh-huh. So who are you most excited for? Dude, I, I'm excited to see um, development of both second-year players in terms of Lucas Raymond, the Calder Cup trophy winner. By the way, too, I was listening to him. I don't know who he was speaking. He was talking about another defenseman who he said I was actually better than him. Most cider I'm talking about. I apologize. But most cider I'm talking about another defenseman that he thought was better than him, more skilled when he got drafted versus like him just like enjoying the game and like loving it out there. And like this year he's taking the, the he's turning the page to like becoming a pro. You know what I'm saying where he's actually like working to better his skill set. It's kind Imagine of scary that. to think about because he, he won wow. the Calder Cup off of like just loving the game and going hard. And now he's taking the, you know what I'm saying? Taking the, turn the page to become more cerebral out there as well. Dangerous. Like, it's like I'm a Terminator. Some more, some more, I want. It's a little terrifying. Dude, actually. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> the German machine. Um, so, so for the Lions, um, what about Rodrigo, man? He's become a star. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't pat my back, myself on the back too much, but uh, boy, he called that, man. I, was, I think it was the first <laughs> one out here at Woodward Sports, and I was like, I'm texting everybody. This is like the day after the draft, and I'm like doing all my, you know, us nerds, like we'll watch film and shit like that. And am I allowed to swear in here? I apologize. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. YouTube will yeah. yell at us, but we don't care. Yeah, we've been getting yelled at because apparently people watch. Not, I'm not insulting or trying to be mean, but I, I, I learned that people actually watch or listen to this with their kids. So oh, yeah. I thank you, but I'm also sorry. So. Yeah, yes, I will limit it. I will we limit we said fuck, and then someone in the comments goes, "Watch your language." There are children around, and I said, "I marked this as not for kids." So I mean, I learn, how to, joke, learn how to parent your kids. Joke. Learn how to parent your fucking kids. That's what I said. <laughs> so. No. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Rodriguez, Oklahoma State linebacker. Yes. Uh, sixth round draft pick. Yeah. Dude, you, you put on the tape, uh, you, you hit the YouTube machine, dude, and, and put up like, either, either you want to watch tape or you watch highlights, you'll get the same reaction. Like, holy, holy crap. Like, this kid's, this kid looks like the real deal. And he's a former wrestler, uh, state, two-time state champion wrestler. Um, so, like, when he gets there, it's with violence, man. And I love that about him. <laughs> He's shorter in stature, so he's got he's he's got that more uh, lower center of gravity. To, yeah, dude. He's and like I went to um, all the open practices I went to, and he's just scooping guys and escorting them to Mother Earth. Man, it's fucking <laughs> beautiful. What, what is it with former wrestlers just being oh, dude, beasts on races, the football man. field? Yeah, I'm a big like uh, MMA fan too. I actually used to like train jujitsu, and like I can when I was a white belt, I could like take uh, any. Any normal person off the street, you just do whatever the hell you want with them. If they mm-hmm. wrestled in high school, it's a different story. Like wrestlers no, go they grapple. hard, bro. Like more than any other like sport. I feel like in the I guess yeah. like growing up, like they just they fucking do, man. Wrestlers are badass motherfuckers. Yeah, no, it's 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 impressive. I mean, I'm I don't say that I was great at jujitsu. I had to do stuff with the military. Uh-huh. But you could always tell there's yeah. a lot of people that were, ironically enough, wrestlers that were had joined the military. And they were the worst ones to go and spar against because oh, dude. you yeah. think you're in a good spot. Then they just wiggle and they're on top of you. And you're like, I hate everything about my life right now. Cause I'm choking. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, so, there's some, t- there's some tough motherfuckers. No, I, must, I must ask one question. I know these guys are going to give me shit for it, but me being a Michigan fan, um, the way I am, what are your expectations for Aiden Hutchinson this year? The Lions. Holy shit, I, man, I'm glad you brought that up. Is a stud man. Like, 
I, again, I was, I was at all the open practices and like Rodrigo like had his plays every once in a while. And like, you know, he's going against the twos majority of the time, but Aiden was going against the ones and like, they do this thing where I don't know if you guys know like JJ Watt. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, he used to like move across the entire line. You know what I'm saying? From like inside the outside, the opposite side of the line. And like, they're doing that with Aiden when he gets on the inside and mind you, like we have one of the more like respectable offensive lines in the NFL. It was destroying Jonah Jackson. It was like, well, I was like, holy shit, like this kid's it. And I, and to be honest with you, like heading into the draft, like I didn't, I was unsure, man. I, I didn't know what to think because I don't, honestly, I don't know why I underestimated him to be honest with you, but like, he's, he's the, he's a fucking real deal. He's yeah. the real deal. You saw it in, in hard knocks at the very end. I think it's the first episode. It may be the second one. Would you look at the post-credit scenes? It's Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. And he's like, He's asking the other guys, like, you think we got one? Everyone's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hutch and Hutch seems to me like, I feel like he's like the, and this might be a bad comparison to make, the most cider of the Lions. Yes, so, no, that's a good comparison. In, I, I, in, yeah, and I then, then in that fact that it seems like from watching Hard Knocks, just like Mo does, he's very receptive to feedback. Mm-hmm. He yes. himself, he lives the game, wants the to play the game, wants to get better. And it's the same thing Mo does. Mo came in, Mo listened to every bit of information, took every opportunity as a learning opportunity. And you saw what he did year one. And I feel like that is from watching Hard Knocks what Hutch does, because it, every, yes. anytime he's on the screen and someone's giving him feedback, you can tell that he's actually listening. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a hard thing to get in a player, I feel. Yeah. I was going to say the cool part about that is the fact that like, I guess the difference is there's already a, a culture established with the Red Wings. Like even when like, you know, Dylan Larkin's been here already and like they, they, they haven't won, but they've, they've played hard. And, and I think the coaching has been decent, but with the lions, I mean, I guess Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, but like other than that, a culture. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson created a culture at Michigan yeah. and he's going to go to the lions and do the same yes. thing just mm-hmm. by working hard and, and being a great teammate. So and yes, 100%. Throw this one out there real quick. Like, the, everything you guys are mentioning, I don't know. Where, where was Mo at on defensive or the Calder, like, preseason? Wasn't he, like, a um, plus 2,300 or something like that? Uh, when I put my bet on him before the season, it was uh, plus 2,000 odds, I think. I think it was something crazy uh, high because yeah. he was, what, like? Him if, and Raymond. Him and Raymond were both. Uh, plus 2000 or plus 1800 or something aka not the favorites yeah no not yeah. at all the crazy thing now is not only it, the athletic across the board their writers have picked Aiden Hutchinson to win the defensive rookie of the year he's also the betting favorite for defensive rookie of the year yes so that tells you the type of guy that they've brought on this team and it's it's I'm a I'm a Buckeye so the last oh, several wow. years yeah. of the Lions demise all I have wanted has been a Bosa or a Chase Young, and we've lost on every single one. I have the same excitement getting Aiden Hutchinson off of Michigan on in Detroit as I would have had for all those guys because that you see what they've been able to do in such such a short time frame. That's the type of impact I think that Hutchinson's going to bring for the Lions, and that's huge. They need it. Yeah, and they've got the coaching 100%. staff in the group, hopefully coming together to make that happen as we're starting to see with the Red Wings. Now all the Lions need is a Will Anderson in the middle middle linebacker position. Yeah. Blake Martinez. <laughs> so, Easy, you made your predictions yet for the season? What's the record? Okay. Um, I, I did go – originally I did say nine, but uh, 
I was, but that was like way, like fresh out of the Kool Aid pool. You know what I'm saying? That'd be nine eight, right? But I, playing I've seventeen games this season, to yeah. like seven, eight on the high side, and that's because like I did count this Eagles game for the home opener this Sunday as a win because like it's just so I could go on and on about it. But essentially, <laughs> we faced them uh, a lot of times in the NFL. They you always hear that the term sophomore slump. Uh, most often referred like to quarterbacks because like same with hockey coordinators get a year of tape yep. on them. They find out what they can do and what they can't do. And they try to expose that. Well, Jalen hurts is the guy he's, he's had into his sophomore year as a starter. Um, Aaron Glenn, when he had tape on, on Lamar Jackson, he had a game plan that was so damn good for Lamar Jackson. who's the best rushing quarterback in the NFL that other coordinators are calling him like, yo, what, what the hell you did? Like, what'd mm-hmm. you do? And I think he, he's going to be able to apply that to Jalen hurts after a year of tape. And, but initially I counted that as a win. But since then, we lost Big V. They got another dog-ass cornerback in their, their uh, defensive secondary. So, like, Eagles might actually beat us at home. I, I don't want to. As long as it's not a repeat, was it last season or two years ago? Yeah, just, last, that's the game that got was that last and fired Ooh. or, or uh, demoted, I should say. So, you're going to say eight and nine? Yeah, I'll say eight and nine. Why not? Eight and nine. All right. We're going to move on to the Detroit Pistons. Um <laughs> I can tell you absolutely nothing about the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Troy Weaver is the general manager. um, And that is about all I can tell you right now. And the (laughs) fact that I get angry every time people say Cade Cunningham is a million times better than Mo Sider. uh, That makes me angry. So um, Uh, you can't. First of all, you can't compare the two. They're two completely different. Put Cade on some skates. Let's see what he's got. At least put them sure. in their sport for their age. Sure. Like, you can put them in the same tier because sure. he, to me, I mean, Cade got robbed last year of his yeah. rookie of the year, but that's just, that's a whole different subject from. Would you put Cade in the top 10 in his position though right now? Huh? Cade, no. would you put him top 10 in his, in his position right now? No, probably not. So I'd not put Mo Sider top 10 in his position right now. Even though NHL Network had him at 11. Even though NHL Network's fucking stupid, no one cares. That's still, that's, that's <laughs> fucking crazy, though. You know what I'm saying? After one right? year, that's, that's so, wild. So give me the lowdown on the Pistons. Why should Detroit hockey fans start paying attention to the Pistons? And I hear they've just got some amazing rookies. Yeah. So this team, like, as much as I love Kate Cunningham, I, I wouldn't, I still would have told you it's probably like a year of development we needed last year. This year, whether we're good or bad, this team's going to be entertaining nonetheless. It just... Drafted a kid, 6'4", Jaden Ivey out of Purdue who could jump out of the gym. He's more like, uh, for like, I guess, if non-traditional basketball fans, if you heard of Russell Westbrook, and mm-hmm. I don't get, I might get attacked for even making that comparison, but he made, <laughs> you look out with him, shit like that. He's just explosive, man. This team's explosive. We went and we, we jumped back into the first round and got a, a, a seven-foot center that could actually like jump. You were used to like the, the gumps, not the guys that could jump, and like we got one of those in Jalen Dern. So like, for sure, again, batter, when or lose, like, we're going to be entertaining. There's these, hey, Cunningham's a great, I think he's, he, he's going to be a phenomenal playmaker. And so I think he's going to serve those guys up in prime positions. Uh, but make some highlights. Like, again, exciting. That's the one thing I'll say for sure. I won't say they're going to win, but I'll tell you they're, they're going to be exciting. And, like, obviously as they develop, you know what I'm saying, they'll start to win some games. But this year, I'm just saying more so excitement, like highlight plays and stuff like that. So, I mean, we can, we can work. The biggest thing I think we've got going on right now is that it's easy to compare the Pistons, Lions, and Wings because of what they've done with their, their front office, yes. coaching staffs, top round, top draft picks. 
I mean, we've got Dwayne Casey's got what this year, next year remaining on his contract. I mean, is this the year that's going to kind of dictate whether or not that is another extension? Because I know he was recently extended. I think he was extended last year. That's a good question, man. I mean, is that a very good question? Is that going to be make or break like how the performance is? Or is there an expectation? Because they do have another big first round pick going in this season that could, if it turns into a lottery, but not necessarily a fault of his own. I mean, is there that much patience? Well, with, we can tie with, that back to the Red Wings on. too, Ryan. I mean, it's yeah. the, it was the same deal with Jeff Blaschel. Jeff Blaschel had garbage teams for years and years and years, and everyone kept calling for him to be fired. Yeah. And it's like, why why are you going to fire him when he's got nothing to work with? So now right. that maybe Casey's got something to work with, just like last season when Blash had something to work with, and he was doing great up until the All-Star break, and then post-All-Star break fell off a cliff and tanked the record and then had to be fired. Is it the same deal with Dwayne Casey are they expected to be better now because they've got a Cunningham in second year because they've got these two new draft picks that are supposed to be really really good Uh, I'm looking at right now the athletics piece Kemba Walker in a trade Alec Burks in a trade uh, Nerlens Noel in a trade so well Kemba's gone right he was he's technically still on the team right now so I don't know I don't know what's on that situation I thought he was in a like they acquired him to then to buy him out. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they haven't officially done it yet, and like uh, hmm. there's still a couple. Kevin Durant supposedly supposed to be staying in Brooklyn, but I think Troy Weaver just being like he, he's he's pretty crafty. He obviously yeah. he hasn't like proven it to the like the extent of like Eisenman, but like, and I'm not one of the people saying this by the way, but some people are comparing the two. You know what I'm saying of like just how they always seem to win trades, get the better up end of like, yeah. every single trade yeah. they make. So That's- like. They're saying that he still may include that contract into like another uh, three-team trade, just so he can get his hands in uh-huh. on it and, and get something from it. But, but you know, uh, yeah, this team, like I said, they're going to be exciting, man. And I think Casey, going back to that question, I think like, you for sure have to give him two years because, like, as much as these guys are exciting, they still have to like go through and and you know shut, cut their teeth a little bit. You know, what I'm saying learn learn the game to actually like, win the mm-hmm. win games. Plus, like our division. The the Pistons, they just added another like all star caliber guy. Oh, he's an all star. And Donovan Mitchell just signed or got traded to the Cavs. So like, yeah, it's it's uh got, definitely got tougher. But I like that man. That means we got to step up. That means yeah. like you know what I'm saying we might see some splash moves made just so we can compete. But I give give those guys two years until they. Start. So no, I have a question for you because I know I know I I'm not a big NBA fan, but what I do know about the NBA is, is team building is extremely tough. And yeah. if you don't have a superstar, you know, good luck winning. Um, other than I think the 04 Pistons were like one team that people would argue that didn't have were, a superstar. They were a team. One. Exactly. Um, yeah. Do you see Cunningham or Ivy becoming a superstar? Or do you think they they could both be superstars and they just need one more to have like a big three kind of thing? So like, I guess it depends like how you want to view superstar. Like I've actually taken a lot of slack because like, I feel like Ivy is a lot more uh, bluff than he is production, but that doesn't mean he can't be like a productive piece of this team. You know what I'm saying? So like, but Kate Cunningham, I think that kid's the real deal. Um, basketball is a big man's game at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? And we have a guy in Kate Cunningham who's six foot six, who plays a point guard position, which is like a huge mix mismatch. And he, he sees the floor really well, like um, pace, the way he like controls the pace of the game as a rookie last year, stuff you just don't see, like, uh, if anyone cared to, like, after the fact, after they watched this, hit the like button. But there's a game, you know, him and Kevin Durant just went back and forth 
terms of like swapping leagues and stuff like that. And you, you don't see that out of rookies, man. He's six six. Again, that's a matchup nightmare. And like in basketball, the term wings win you rings. And he's basically a wing playing the point guard position. So I think Cade can be the real deal. He's really uh cerebral. I'm saying he's not mm-hmm. he's not extremely athletic. And that's like, I mean, that that wins games sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And like surround him with athleticism and Ivy and Duran. And they get used to, you know what I'm saying, once they cut their teeth, they'll maybe start to win some games. But I think Cade can become that superstar. I think Ivy will probably garner more attention just because of, like, how flat. Like, Zegris, you know, everyone's, like, riding Zegris. But even though, oh. you know what I'm saying, you'd rather take Mo, like, most probably yep. a better play overall. But Zegris is, like, flashier. Yep. That's how mm-hmm. I look at Ivy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Cade is more fundamental to winning basketball games. But Ivy's going to do a lot more sexy stuff that you're going to see on Sports Center or, like, jump out of your seat because he did it, you know? So you're saying more flash, less substance, instead of more substance, less flash. Hey. Yes, with, with Ivy. But, but with Cade Cunningham, more substance. Yeah. Going to put butts in seats. Makes money, man. Yes, yes, yep. 100%. So right now, the Athletic ranks the Pistons 25th in the league right now. That's a weird uh, pattern already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 25th in the league. Now, again, you're talking about chemistry. Uh, they got to build some chemistry. They got to start to gel as a team. They got to work out the systems. Do you see them having an overall positive season or do you see them kind of like, like the 25 lower the pack? They'll probably, they'll probably end up back in the lottery. Like not a bad place to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they're rebuilding, man. Like it, it is what it is. Like some people get butthurt about it. Cause like they're so eager to win, but it's like here in Detroit specifically, we've saw the Red Wings win championships yep. and we've seen the Pistons win championships. I want a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people yep. are like rushing to win just to see a plan or a playoff series. Like, no, dude, I, I, I want to win like a championship. I, I want to go to a parade down Woodward. I'm not just like, want to see us win for the fuck of it. I, I want to see us do it the right way. And yeah, I had those experiences, but I was younger then. I'm saying now yeah. I'm like old enough to go get drunk and <laughs> go to <laughs> Woodward, man. So like, give me that all day, man. I, over you, want, you want to sustain success, not a one and hundred percent. You want to build the dynasty. It's what Iserman's yeah. doing yes. now is you, you're building a team to not just win tomorrow, but you're building a team that can try to win for the next 10 years exactly for the next eight years like he did with tampa tampa is in it every single year and it's because of the foundation he laid and built from there and and this is like one thing the red wings have the pisses don't is like obviously the red wings are like one of the original six like they're like a badass franchise in hockey they used to be a dynasty back when stevie y was playing and like the Pistons don't have that. So like we yep. truly have to build through the draft. Like the Red Wings, like at least when Stevie Y picks up the phone, I think I don't remember which free agent was this year, but they were like, holy shit, like Stevie Y's calling. You know what I'm saying? Like all of them. Bron, Sherratt, they were like, yeah, oh, all okay, of them. Hi. They said when Eiserman calls, you answer the phone. hundred yep. percent. The Pistons don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to build to the draft. So like I'm totally cool with going, you know, back to the well and grabbing another lottery pick. Because we're not necessarily going to get those guys off the free market the way like the Red Wings can. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's exciting. It, that, that's what, because you think about what you just mentioned, though, with the Pistons potentially two years away from having that team that's going to make a wow and really compete, for lack of better words. Yeah. You got to think Detroit, or the Wings, obviously Detroit, we're all talking about all Detroit. The Wings are probably arguably the exact same boat. Yep. Yes. So there's two teams that are potentially playoff bound in two years. And uh, thankfully for the city, both those teams play at the same time. So it's going to make LCA a hot spot. Oh yeah. Now, if you can throw the lions into that mix in the next two years, man, you're going to, and aren't the lions looking to get a new arena too? 
They're going to build a new stadium. Some, some things flirting around with it. Yeah, but, they've been talking about getting a new stadium. Where? I don't, I don't mind a Ford Field, though. But, I mean, if they want to do it, do it. I just, it sucks every time they do that. Gotta win, stuff. man. They're, like, taking taxpayer money and shit. So, <laughs> like, LCA, as much as, like, it's, it's a badass arena, like, during Pistons games, that place used to be fucking empty. It's they changed yeah. the bright seats because seats. of it, and I'm pissed off. I hate the black seats. The black yeah. seats look well, like so when much they, better. When no one was there, it was like obvious. Like, oh, shit. Exactly. Like, right now, it's mm-hmm. like. Wait, I think we had a whole like episode. Pensions to make this happen. You know? uh-huh. I we think we had a whole episode complaining about this. At color. least half an episode about changing the seat color just because no <laughs> one showed up to Pistons games. Yeah. And it's like they showed like the 15 people that were in the middle because they ended up shoving everyone down to the bottom because no matter what ticket you bought, they had to move you down to show the TV that there were actually people there. So, yeah. yeah. And then and then they had to change the seat color. I think the Pistons paid to change all the seat colors because it looked bad on TV, all the empty bad. red seats. It looked so, awesome. But the red actually seats were awesome. stand out more, I think, with the black seats yep. than you did the red. Yep, absolutely. Um, so before we move on tonight to the Tigers um, for oh, uh, all of Big probably five minutes, uh, we need to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up 7, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by 7 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I've been listening to a lot of the Factually podcast with Adam Conover. You might know him from Adam Ruins Everything, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life and are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have three customizable sound profiles, whether you're listening to music or podcasts like us. They have earbud tap functions to start, stop, pause, answer your phone calls, the, the earbud functions you need without having to open up your phone and flip through options. And they have noise isolation, which blocks out the outside noise so you can hear what you're listening to a lot better. For me personally, I enjoy the awareness mode that lets you hear kind of outside conversations if you're listening to something, but also need to pay attention to what's going on around you. So go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com THPN. And we are back and uh, unfortunately have to m- at least mention the Detroit Tigers. I think the bright spot in the Tigers is that Alavila is gone. Yes. I have heard nothing about a new search for a general manager. I, that probably won't happen until the offseason. Right now, the Detroit Tigers sit at a 51-84 in 84 record. That is a 37.8% win percentage. 
Um, it's real bad. I mean, some nights it's entertaining and fun to watch and they win by a lot. But most nights, I think what they would lose like 12 to zero the other day or yesterday. They lost 10 nothing yesterday. 10 nothing. It, they're getting blown out like the wings at the end of last season. And it's you know, the point we, we've had like a third baseman step in to pitch for us. <laughs> Spencer Torkelson's bad. in Toledo, right? He's yeah. still in Toledo. No, is got, he, no, he's back. Is he back up or did they send him back down? He was back up, I thought. To be honest with you, I've completely checked out of the ever since they fired El <laughs> Vila. I was like, cool, like this season's a wash. Adam Badoon is very excited. Uh, Friedler up a couple like, okay. over the weekend. So he's back up, but he was back, he was down for a while. Yes. He was yeah. down for a while. Austin right. Meadows, a, a big, big uh, trade acquisition. Yep. He's out for the season oh. now. Yep. It's Mental health healthy. recovery. Yeah. Well. They're honestly like, they're not even worth talking about. This, like, they're, they're so far away from like, how we were just talking about all the upside stuff with the Pistons mm -hmm. and the Red Wings and the Lions. Yeah. Like, well, Riley Green, there's oh. a bright spot. Yes. Riley Green's a bright. He is an absolute machine. Riley Green. He's diving for everything, even though it means nothing. Is yeah. that literally <laughs> the one thing that you can like be happy about Alavilo right now? Is, is Riley Green got Riley Green? Uh, Tarek Skubal. Tarek Skubal's did good this season. Aren't they talking about trading him at the deadline? They were, but they didn't. Thankfully, they didn't, they didn't do anything. Yeah. But they didn't trade nope. Tarek Skubal. <laughs> he's been okay with like pitchers. Everything else is like he's yeah. can't get. That's been the, the one ball. bright spot, really, is pitching. Well, that's because all he drafted Which for like four years straight. Because remember, we were going to the World Series. We were like, we wanted was, more depth at pitching. Like, we wanted yeah. more guys in the bullpen. Well, yeah. it's because we were crushing the ball. We had one of the top offenses in baseball. And then all of a sudden, we the get bullpen up was the Cardinals and freaking Giants, and we can't hit the broad side oh of a barn. God, you, ran into, you ran Shut into up, the Tyler. 2013 Boston Red Sox. I want to hear your Yeah, that shit. sucked, too. How the Sox doing, Tyler? I don't want to talk about it. Okay? <laughs> exactly. In last exactly. place. We're, we're behind the Baltimore Orioles right now. So. Oh, wow. Here's where we're at, though. Like, we're, we've got folks, got Detroit Dan, Declinic 66. Oh, Dan's awesome. Best person on Twitter and in person. But he's got a countdown for the remaining 27 games. This is after last night's game, I think, or right before it. The Tigers have to go 11 and 16 to avoid a 100 loss season. <laughs> and they're not going to do that. No way. We're going to be celebrating them. Not if they don't get to 100 wins. That's how this year in the last several <laughs> years have gone. It's bad. Yeah, it's man. crazy, too, because like Chris Illich, like let Avila stay around for the draft and everything. Before and the trade deadline and the deadline. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And then he made a trade within our own division for a I think like a 28, 29-year-old AAA player. Like, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you think it was the fans, though? Do you think the fans forced that because the shirts happened and the outcry online happened and everyone at the stadium with the Fire of Vila chants? Yeah. And, I mean, it to me, sure. I don't They're think that... They're your customers, though, man. Sure, yeah. It's, and yeah, I think that's what happened, though, is like, you know, like, they people stopped going. Like, it's been empty there lately. Yeah. Man, and, like... That's one thing, Chris, I'd say I, I, I understand a little bit the point of him wanting to balance out the books a little bit after Mr. I passed because, you know, they're blowing money like crazy. There's no, there's no, no salary cap in baseball. But it's also like this guy's taking L's on trades. He's yeah. not just signings. It's like every trade he's made, there hasn't been a single one where you could say he got the better of the other team. Berlander. 
I think the Verlander trade, there's two guys that don't even play baseball anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, working at Wendy's. From the Astros. Like, you 100%. couldn't have gotten, like, like one of the Astros' top prospects. And look what Verlander's done since then, right? Look what yeah. he's done but, since he got traded, too. Oh, you I mean, mean he remained one of the top pitchers in baseball? Right. Crazy. Even, like, one of the only trades, like, people were saying we did win when it first happened, like, the uh, Austin Meadows one. Yeah. Reyes goes over to the Rays and starts knocking out homers, like, and that was his thing here. They're like, yo, he has no power. And he goes to Tampa and he's knocking him out of the park. And it's yep. like. That's well. because our fence needs to be moved in. I hate That's that. Too. That's fair. It, it's I, I love the stadium. It's a great place to watch. It's a too big. Game. But the, the, the dimensions are, they need to bring everything in. Bring center field into yeah. 400. I don't care what you got to do to do it. Bring those left and right field dimensions into like 320, 330. And they've already moved it in from from when they built it, no five, right? What? Uh, real left field, yeah, because the the bullpen. I want to say the bullpen was on the field, wasn't it? Yeah, because where the wall, where the bullpen wall is, used to be the the left field wall. Yeah, they moved. That's where they moved it in from, and that's where they adjusted where the bullpen was. But they haven't touched center center field. No, it's still four twenty. Well, Ryan and Blaze it. Uh, um, another thing that. Uh, that kind of followed the same vein. Robbie Grossman got traded off to the Braves and then he lit it up. He was hitting like crazy. And then everyone here is like, well, the hitting coach, like the hitting coach is garbage. Got to fire the hitting coach. Yeah. And you've got AJ Hinch who for all intents and purposes is one of the best coaches in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think, does he get to pick all his staff? Does he get to help with the direction of the team? I guess they've enlisted him to help with the GM search, which is good. I mean, yeah. it's guys that are going to be playing for him, and he he knows the league really well. But how much of the rest of the coaching staff is dead weight, and how much control do does like we were talking about with uh, Sheila? How much control do the general managers and the other staff actually have over their team? And how much is it Chris Illich saying we can't spend money? Yeah, and I think, I think that's uh, the hard part. That's the thing, like, with uh, – I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I got to assume that he was able to bring in his own coaching staff. And I, I've questioned that myself, too. Like, everyone's like, oh, you say this guy is, like, one of the greatest coaches. Well, like, we're being we're, – if we're being honest – and, again, I'm not a big baseball guy, so you can – I can get killed for this either way. I don't care that I'll learn something. But, like, when he won the series, they were, like – they said they were cheating. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I don't know. It maybe speaks to him – I don't know. I hope he's a good coach. I don't basically yeah, I, weird too. I, I like, personally think like, yeah, I mean, they, the Astros did what they did or whatever, but I still think AJ Hinch is a good manager. Like from, from what I've ever seen and heard, uh, AJ Hinch is a good manager. So that's why I thought when, when the Tigers got him, I'm like, okay, you know, they got all these young guys, yeah. um, you know, Riley green and Torkelson and, and, you know, all these young pitchers and, I thought I'm like, why can't they be in the hunt for the wild card, yeah. especially this year where there's more teams making the playoffs going forward? But it just it just never materialized. Well, we got the fluff, yeah. and then yeah, I think maybe ego did egos kick in this season. I Could mean, be. there was it was a mixed bag on when Javi Baez was signed. It was not. It's almost like that was the second tier signing that we ended up getting, and yeah, he's he's getting a good chunk of money. His play has like, been a mixed bag too. 
Yeah, and that, that's, I think, the most baffling part. He's had some beautiful defensive plays, because, and that is exactly what he's known for. Yep. But his bat has been streaky as hell, which was absolutely no surprise. Mm-hmm. He can still put a damn charge. He puts a charge in the ball, but it's like, when is it going to happen? Yep. Yeah. It's and he goes up there like he hasn't changed his approach. Nope. So, I mean, again, it goes back to is it on the head coach? Is it on the hitting coach? I, I don't really know how to make that assumption. But I mean, to go to the point from earlier, though, Torx is in the lineup. He's at first base tonight. Great. So I wanted to touch on that because I was fine on the lineup card. But it's, it's, it's just weird because I think Avila bought himself that half season by some of the signings that he made and the trade that he made for Meadows got Baez. He brought in, um, uh, who's the, that was it Rodriguez. Yeah. Who took high pitching, like who disappeared from the face of the year. <laughs> yeah. He's it, like, I'm not going to play for And that guys. was another gamble too. Like <laughs> yeah. Tyler, we were talking about that before. Like you were happy to see him go, which to me, I was so happy to see that's him terrifying because you don't here. know what you're necessarily getting. I mean, you look at his stats they are not bad. He's a power left-handed pitcher, but when he's been in there, it's been good, but then he's gone for the most of the season. And then we're like, Oh shit, here we go. Yeah. Again. <laughs> it's between the years, not to say, you know, mental health or whatever, but he's, he's definitely got some issues in terms of, of when big games and, and pitching in big games and, he wasn't particularly good in the postseason with the Red Sox either. So, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that, like, I mean, if he's your third or fourth starter, he's good. Yeah. But if he's your guy, then, I, I mean, I'd be scared to be to be that team. But, yeah. 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 So, our rating right now for the Tigers is in the dumpster. It's that dumpster yes. that's on fire and it's floating down Woodward. And uh, that's that's what's happening with the Tigers right now. But we, I want to get to... Urod's actually pitching tonight, too, ironically. Great. I'll make sure to tune in for five He's minutes. He's our ace, too. That's Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Because everyone's hurt. Yeah. Nope. So, I, and I know you're not a super huge follower. I mean, you are, though, the self-proclaimed uh, Swedish elite <laughs> scout. Yeah. Um, so, one, I want to ask you about that. And then I kind of want to get a outside perspective of someone looking in at the Red Wings and if the buzz is just hitting outside of, of the Red Wings crowd to the kind of population of Detroit sports and the Red Wings are coming back, is, is it more than just us that knows about that? But I want to start with, you're the Swedish elite scout. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> Dude, so I, I had to fill in for Neil Rule on, on Big D Energy one day. So it's me and D-Mac and uh, we were having Danielle Bruce on. So I wanted to be prepared for like some hockey questions. And so I started like watching because at that time, I think it was Kaiser was the uh, I'm saying that the mate for our guy Mo, and he wasn't doing too hot. If I'm correct, I could be wrong. No, Danny DeKaiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay, like, w- w- what prospects do we have? You say who's who's coming up that I could like ask Danny about. And like, dude, I watched this freaking dude, uh, Simon Edvinson, and I and I was like, okay, he's pretty sweet. And I fell in love with Solderbloom. He's fucking huge. And, and, and like, I, so I just like, I fell in this rabbit hole of like all these like Swedish, like guys we have waiting, you know, to, to get moved up. And then like, I'm coming in the next day. I'm like to DMAC. I'm like asking him all these questions. I'm all fired up. I'm like, <laughs> Darren's like, dude, chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, really. Cause like, cause I'm watching and I think it looks sweet, but I'm also like watching it as like a novice. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Like, it could look sweet to me, but you know what I'm saying maybe it doesn't translate to an NHL. You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
so I, I had all these questions geared up and fired up to ask DMAC and then like uh and then when the uh Simon Evans actually like got moved up or whatever, as I called it and is that they made a whole big Neil Rule actually. Neil <laughs> Rule's a bully. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have Neil on too. Uh I've asked him a couple times to come on and just talk wings and dude can talk forever and it'll it'll be a real good show. <laughs> but I, I want to kind of, like I said, get your view of an outside kind of someone who doesn't like religiously follow the Red Wings like we do. And yeah. what kind of buzz the Red Wings are creating around kind of just the Detroit sports like general public? Because I know for a while we've been so bad for quite a long time, like since we started this podcast was where we were starting to hit the bot, like the steep decline into like yeah. terrible and then build back up, hiring Steve Eiserman, and then just the rebuild now. But what's kind of like the feeling out there? What are you getting from just the average people? It's tough because like some of it, you do have to do like a little bit of the homework for, you know what I'm saying? Because like Evanson, Solderbloom, like they're all, they weren't in the NHL to watch. But like what really like drew me in and like sucked me in was that uh, opening night against the Tampa and like the the feeling of like LCA was oh was we were there it was on bro. fire my ears were yes, yeah Dylan Larkin uh, swinging at uh, Matthew I think it was or close line Matthew um, Joseph yeah and freaking um, oh God I can't old cocked him Tyler Bertuzzi's fucking I think he had a hat trick that night yep yeah, yeah, deep, deep through him yeah and like it was yeah. like dude, like honestly God I'm, I wish this camera was good enough I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking <laughs> about it and I was just like. Also, like, you know, piecing that together with, like, what the Red Wings are historically to the city and, like, to the NHL. And the fact that Stevie Y, the guy who built Tampa Bay, you know, St. Tampa, is, like, our GM. I was like, holy shit. Like, this looks, looks like, like, we're actually, like, piecing stuff together. But I got to say, like, on the outside, though, like, hell yeah. You have to at least give it a chance to give you that feeling because you have Steve Weiserman, who's, like, a fucking man. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, the Nelk boys are like this big, like, YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, Kyle Forgard, like, one of his favorite players is Stevie Y. He always had the, the 19 jersey hanging up, like, wherever he's at. So I'm like, damn, like, I didn't know Stevie Y had that big of an impact on, like, because he's like a younger kid, too. Like, I'm saying, like, well, I was son, younger baby. I was doing his thing. So, like, I, he's either the same age as me, if not younger. So, like, you have to give it the chance, I feel like. And, like, opening night did that for me and, and, and drew me in. So, like, the lure of Stevie Wise knowing he's there and like, dude, now that Mo just won the, the Calder Cup, like the Calder Trophy, like people should definitely be paying attention because like kind of like the way I said the Pistons are going to be this year. They may not win every game, but they're damn sure going to be exciting. I think the Red Wings were at least that because I was never the biggest hockey fan. Yeah. It's crazy. I watched it this year. I'm like, dude, this shit's fucking like, it's <laughs> awesome. And that's what we're kind of hoping for. I mean, we're going into this season, like I said, and in, in DMAC has talked about it on Big D Energy too, that they could sneak into a wild card spot this season. They've got the talent to do it now because of the moves that Eiserman has made. But yeah. our goal this year is to be competitive on a nightly basis yes. because we don't have the, the superstar himself. names. Yeah, and, and we got a new coach and everything. And we don't have the superstar names and we don't have kind of that, the depth that a lot of other teams now do because Eiserman's still building it up. But yeah. He has built something going out and getting cop this season, going out and getting David Perron, DP 57, going out. Lucas Raymond, you mentioned Mo for Calder. Lucas Raymond came in fourth for Calder yeah. voting. You've got two rookies in the top five uh, in all rookies in the NHL. And this season, we're just asking for competitiveness. We're asking for less blowouts. I mean, you may have seen, I mean, we got blown out by the Arizona Coyotes. How was that that season. game? That was like, not fun. 
it, it's embarrassing. <laughs> so we're, we want more consistency. We want more fight. We want more grit. We want more competitiveness. That's what we're asking for. And that could lead to a wild card position. But I think, and even other people who, like I said, don't watch hockey, I think they've been put on notice. They've followed it because it's going to start being in more media. It's going to be start being talked about more on, and I hate Detroit sports radio. It is absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. If listening to 97 with the tickets, like putting fucking forks in my ears and they're going to have to start talking more about hockey and oh, covering yeah. it more because it is going in to get theory, more exciting. They will. Yeah. Like you said, Elmer Soderblom, the dude I think is going to be a really good, like NHL third liner. But we had talked about last episode I had said the dude is going to be a star, not because of his play, but because of what he is. He's like a seven foot dude who's just yeah. going to dangle around like he'll be able to stick handle over people's heads. It's going to be. Yeah. And then you, as a novice, dude, like I said, I don't know what the hell I was watching, but I just saw this giant fucking human. Right. This is like doing You're going between campaign. the legs. I'm like, that's a good thing, right? That's got to be a good yeah. thing. Like, yeah. like, you know, Zidane Ochara, I mean, most famous for being yes. one of the largest men in hockey. But Soderblom, like his skating is bad because he's so big. He's just slow. I wouldn't even call it bad. It's just it looks it's slow because but of his sluggish. But, but it, he he'll do like Ryan said. He's attempted between the leg goals. He's gotten between he where he will it. skate he's, by he's and got between as a seven foot skater between the leg yeah. goals. And it's just that's the kind of thing that you may not put up. 60 points a season he may only ever get 30 points a season but he's going to be a star because of what he can do for how big he is and i think that's the kind of thing that the red wings will be happy with and red wings fans and others will be happy with is because stuff will start showing up on top 10 plays of the week for sports stuff will start showing up on uh, i mean just news around sports in general like espn now i think it'll help the ESPN now has the NHL contract, oh, sure. the TV rights, because NHL will show up more. But I think it happened at the right time because Red Wings will start to be mentioned now more in national media because of Cider and Raymond, but also because of Edvinson and what they have coming up. So I think it's going to put the rest of Detroit sports nation on notice and mm. maybe make them pay a little bit more attention. Well, that them being in the national spotlight brings in more money because you look at back in the day, like the wings were the team to have on national broadcasts. Yes. And they brought in the ratings because they would be on there what between 15 and 18 times a season on NBC. Uh, even going back to ESPN, they were, it was always like the red wings. That was the team you got to see on national television, whether you liked it or not, but it's because the ratings are there. You mentioned it. They're an original six franchise. It's all about the money. And if the wings can start pulling in that money again for the for ESPN and especially TNT, because I like TNT far more than I did ESPN this season. And yeah. that that's just yeah. going to keep growing the games. It's huge. They need it. And it's going to that hopefully that same thing starts happening again with the Pistons. Dude, and like it's it's so much easier to fall in love and have faith in the Red Wings too. Cause like you said, the original six and like like they were just one of the best franchises in the NHL. Am I, am I, I, I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but just from like my perspective, you know what I'm saying there's just so much history to go with it. The winter classic is one of the coldest jerseys in sports. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying like, it yeah. just is. So like you have like all that, just, uh, just it just feels special. You know what I'm saying? And like, and like, I, I want to be here for like the, 
I guess the incline of like what they're going to be or what I hope they can be. Mm-hmm. You have Stevie Wise in charge of it all, who's like a champion who brought, like I'm saying, like cups to the city itself. Like it's it's such a Cinderella story. Yeah. All, all together. You have Dylan Larkin, the captain, you know what I'm saying, the hometown kid. Like this is hockey town too. Like mm-hmm. dude, it just it almost feels too good to be true, but it also feels like it just makes sense. Like this shit's gonna fucking happen, man. Like I'm <laughs> pumped. That that's what adds the new level to Hutch getting brought into the Lions yeah. too. Yeah. Because yeah. how long before does is he is he gonna see that captain for being defensive captain on this team, and can he do what Larkin's hoping to do with the Red Wings for the Lions? Hundred percent. And two University of Michigan guys too. Just just by the way, Jesus. <laughs> I love how you had to get real close to the camera and mic on that one, Tyler. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Though I think that it's it takes that kind of it makes it you look at it and if when it does happen it's going to be something special that happens and it's kind of currently i mean if you want to call it a rags to riches because of what holland did towards the end to what eiserman's doing now and it's it's going to make a story out of itself like it's something yeah. that like espn could do a special on it eventually 100%. if they wanted like if to they do it dude this is going to be a 30 for 30 for sure yeah. So I think that that's kind of the the interesting part about it is that it's got it's not just that it's going to happen. It's that there's going to be a story to it and there's going to be a background like Eiserman bringing in. And I think it's something that's been glossed over, especially recently, is Eiserman brought in Nick Lidstrom be like VP of Hockey Ops. Like, yeah. I think everyone forgot about that for a minute, but he's like building a dream team. He has former players. He's got Cronwall out there scouting Sweden. I'm waiting for him to pry Brendan Shanahan away from the Maple Leafs. So it's so, my call, dude. So, yeah, get easy out there on the streets. <laughs> easy on the streets. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> get but, him out there with Hawking. <laughs> but I think that it's, it's going to be a story that could be made out of it, and I think it's really exciting. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us tonight. I kind of want to get you guys' final thoughts. But first, easy, uh, plug what you want to plug. Where are you at? Where can people find you? What are you doing? What sure. are you up to? Well, actually, can I ask you guys a question real quick? Yeah, we're open but for questions. I think like, the biggest thing we need to rise our, our defense. Uh, our, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get that this year with Edvinson? Is, is Johansson coming up too? Or like, Oof. Um, so I have Edvinson making the open night roster. Uh, there was help brought in in Olimata. Ben Sherat is, I think, one of the big things people were kind of downplaying the signing because of the term he was given. Yeah. But he is, um, his job is, he can provide a little bit of offense. He yeah. can, knocks people on their asses. Yeah. So what's going to happen is if he's Just up there with the Mouse. Mo has an offensive side to him. And if he's on the top line with Cider, he's just going to open up the entire ice for Cider to do whatever he wants to do. And we know Cider isn't getting hit because he does the reverse checks and no one can knock him down. But with Sherratt running around and knocking people over and giving Mo that space, that's going to bump up that top line to an elite level. You've got the second pairing. If you get Edvinson in, then Edvinson right now, they want him to grow toward a Mo kind of role. And He's been very, very good in the SHL. So our defense, and that's like, you're right. The one thing we needed to improve over last last season is defense. And we did that by signing Oli Mata, signing Ben Sherratt. And I think it's going to help quite a bit. So uh, it'll help Ned and and now Vili Huso, who's one of our new goalies, get a lot more help in front of the net to up their game as well. Because a goalie without a good defense in front of them is not much of a goalie. So... Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Uh, Dylan Larkin, do we still have to re-sign him? No, or that's like next year's like his last year. He has year? another year, but I know Iserman said he he wanted to get him signed before training camp, which is in like a week now, week and a half. Okay. So he doesn't yeah. have much time to do that if he, that's his end goal. But uh, I, he still has another year, which could bite you in the ass because if he flies out the gate and just destroys the league, you're paying him an extra million to $2 million a yeah. season. Before so the injury, he's kicking ass this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's he could do it, and he's still got time, and Iserman is a magician. So he, I mean, he'll, he'll get it done. But if he wants to get it done before training camp, he's got a week and a half left. Yeah. I'm super torn on Edmondson. As much as I think he would do fine in Detroit, I'm not going to be against him going to Grand Rapids. And the big thing for me behind that reasoning is that that was really the plan with Mo, if you think about it. And then COVID hit, and that kind of derailed it because he was already playing in Grand Rapids before that point happened. And then he went back to Europe, and he saw his top minutes with um, Mo was Rogla. And he came in his own and that I think helped propel him a little bit coming back into Detroit last season and Edmondson, you could argue is at a similar path, but he doesn't have the AHL time yet, but he has that time playing against men, which is in, but again, the big thing of guys coming from Europe to the NHL is the ice size. Yeah, get used to smaller ice. Can he mm. handle that and make that easy transition that we saw from Mo? But again, Mo and had that. time in the AHL, played on the smaller ice, then went back and then came back again. So that that's where I'm torn. I, I'm not. Do I want him in, in Detroit? Yes. But I we wouldn't be mad. Can, no, I think he's going to end up in Grand Rapids simply because of the signings that Iserman made. You mentioned Sherratt, Mata, but there's several other guys that are out there that are on this roster that are likely NHL bound. But you don't never know with injuries. Wallman's already out. Is it Pizik that's Pizik's out? Pizik's out. Yep, he was signed so and then got there's a, a couple guys they brought injury. in and re-signed that aren't going to be playing for potentially several months. So he's got the opportunity, and is he? But you just got to look at it. For. Do you, is he better than Jordan Osterley? Is he better than Gustav yep. Lindstrom? I think yep. you can easily say yes. And those guys are going to be your depth guys on this team. So, Did Raymond play in Grand Rapids? Uh, Raymond sorry? did not play in Grand Rapids. Raymond was the guy that everyone said uh, initially gave him like a 20% chance of starting the season in Detroit. And then training camp came around and he blew it out of the water. Then preseason came around and he blew it out of the water. Hurt. And Verona was, well, yeah, uh, that too, but he earned his spot. He did. So Lucas Raymond, it's the same thing. Now, the other thing between North American game and the game over in Sweden is the North American game is much more physical. So Edvinson has to be prepared that, to get, he can because he's huge. So yeah, he's got to be prepared to hit and take a hit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Can I do ask one more question? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Cause I noticed like, cause I, that's another thing that got me hooked too was playoffs, the intensity of like, and yep. playoffs is insane. But I noticed a lot of the teams is like speed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the, you know what I'm saying, the era that we're in now with hockey. We're like, I feel like speed you know, and skill. He's got all these big ass guys. Is that like a concern or do you think it's like that's in? I, I don't think this year with the way this roster is built, yeah, they're bigger, but they can, there's skill there. I, yeah. I think that's the simplest way to put it. It helps that I think we were talking about it the one night. 
couple of weeks ago, everyone that he brought in, I think with the exception of one guy that is going to make an impact on this roster has playoff and Stanley cup experience. Yep. And they, so they know what it's going to take to get this team to that point, or if they're still here by that point. And that's going to speak a lot to the younger guys, because we already know that there's speed there. We know that cop can bring speed. We know that Kubelik's got some speed. Perron being 34, almost 35, that's to be decent seen, foot speed for the age. He's not going to be relied upon to do that. It's how he can set up Larkin, yeah, cop, and so Verona set up those guys to go do the crazy speed shit. You got to so, have a mix of speed, skill, and toughness, and that's defense, kind of what's been yeah. brought this season. Will the defense have some speed to him? That's going to be the one to watch, though. To your point, like. The defense player, the defensive style was addressed, but will they be able to keep up? What's up, Tyler? Oh, no, I was just going to say the defense should should be fast, um, with the exception of maybe Sherratt and Mata. I don't think Mata is extremely fast, but besides that, everybody else should be mobile. At the very least, normal speed, if not above average speed. So uh, I don't think there'll be an issue there. I just want to touch on the Edvinson point. I think there really isn't much excuse as to the reason why Edvinson wouldn't make the team. I think the only thing is, is if he has a bad camp, I think he'll be given every opportunity to make the team. I don't know if there'll be expectations per se that he makes the team, but I think he'll be given every opportunity. And if he makes the most of it, then he'll be on the opening night roster and, and he'll get his, what, eight games and they'll go from there. Yep. yep. I think you got to hope that he takes the Mo approach where he's just out there to have fun this year and what happens, happens. And then you go from there. Yeah. And the eight games thing is just a contract issue. It's a hockey contracts are weird. If, if you yep. play, if you're uh. on an entry level contract, and which is like your first three years. If you play less yeah. than if you play eight games or less in a season, they can slide your contract. That was nine. Uh, is nine it games. Game? Yeah, nine it's game 10 trial. game limit. Nine games or less in a season, they can slide your contract another year. So which it just wouldn't count. Oh. It wouldn't count as a year. So damn. So you almost kind of don't want them to until we're exactly. More so you can say, well, we can slide them and then space out the cap spend. And yeah, see how it works that uh, way. But if, if Mo and Luke keep going the way they're going, yep. they're going to get paid. Yep. They're going to get big. Like Mo, I, I can see, and we had talked about this too next season because Larkin, if he doesn't get signed this season, you need to sign him at the offseason. You're probably also looking to give Cider a contract before he gets even better, sign him a year early. And the same thing with Raymond and, and Cider already. If, if he repeats what he did and increases, he's going to be a 10 plus million dollar player. Yeah. So. That's why we need that cap. To Which go in up. other sports is not big, but in hockey, that's like yeah, huge. Yeah. So. yeah, isn't the top guy pay like fifteen million or something in hockey? Yeah. Uh, is Connor the top player still? Is it? Mc, uh, it should be McDavid. Isn't he only making like twelve five, McDavid? Hold yeah, it's it's going to oh, keep damn. going up. You'll see in the next couple of years, uh, he'll five, be a fifteen million dollar player. Easy. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's what do you crazy. You'd be like, as good as he is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. That, right. That's why I hope that cap does keep going up. Yeah, he's 12-5, and then Panarin's right behind him at 11-6 with Matthews. Yep. Well, look, man, like you said, you, you know, Red Wings on ESPN, or like the more it's going to grow. Money, man. It's going it's yep. to have to go up for sure. Which they're just going to put ads on jerseys now. It makes me pissed off because jersey Ugh, ads are ugly as that, shit, yeah. but whatever. So where can people find you? What do you got going on yeah, online man. and everywhere? Uh, Woodward Heavyweights live every single day, Monday through Friday. From five to seven on Woodward Sports. Make sure you guys check us out. Um, like I said, we're whole 
right now it's, it's off season, but obviously about to jump to the Detroit Lions season. So things will spice up a little bit more, but uh, we're kind of like the, the knuckleheads of the network. I'd say we, <laughs> we started in this room and we were just, we kicked ass, man. I'm not gonna lie. We, we kicked a lot of ass from this room. So they brought our obnoxiousness and dick jokes onto the main stage and <laughs> are trying, you know, make it a thing there as well. And, I'm excited. You got, I definitely want to get some of you guys on once we get closer to hockey season. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fun time, man. Hockey, yeah. so the, the hockey crowd is, is, like we said, Twitter is like our family. Like the hockey, hockey Twitter is like one of the best sports groups you'll ever find. It's amazing. Oh, I can't wait for the home opener. Yeah. Hopefully Tyler's here, but we always, everyone that's, I want to hit a game on Twitter. Everyone gets yeah. together. You guys going to like, like a picture. big game. You get a bunch of people together, like hit me up. Cause home opener go is what we normally go to. Last time we had, had it been like 30 people this oh, this it season, it's probably it going to be that. like 60. We're going to probably have 60 oh, people down. from Twitter or more uh, at the home opener this year. So uh, the last Ryan, game I went to was during COVID with DMAC cool. and like it was empty. It was, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a, that sounds like a Dude, special. This, this home opener is going to be crazy. It's Montreal. You got the original six matchup on a Friday night. Yeah. Oh man. That place is going to be loud. It'll be rocking. Ryan, where can people find you online? Already Ryan 33. Tyler. At Sealdog91. You can find me online at Bringing the Wing. You can find the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod, wherever you can find podcasts. Please go sub to us on YouTube. We are also running a uh, contest right now on Twitter with our friends over at the Hockey Podcast Network, where you could win a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds. So go on there, retweet the contest. The podcast with the most retweets, a winner is picked from them. Yeah. Uh, we also give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get Detroit jerseys from and worked on. If you use a promo code GRINDLINE on Bring Hockey Back, you'll get 12% off. And if you use that same promo code on Howie's Hockey Tape, you will get 10% off. Again, Easy, thank you for coming on. Thank you for thank your you. time. We yeah, love talking you. to you. Uh, we'll have you back on after some crazy shit happens this season. Yeah. I'm sure to talk <laughs> more. Uh, and then we always like to jump in on YouTube to the, the various shows and talk in the chat, too. And it's a great time. Uh, but that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.